whether you're the one in the weeds doing it or you're managing people that are doing it or managing people that are managing people as big as it possibly gets i think that it goes back to that core competency of can you still hear customers can you listen to them can you learn from that can you build something and then iterate on that learn from what you built and the feedback you get from that and just keep going this is the passive wealth strategy show the show that will help you escape the wall street casino and build wealth on main street by investing in real estate I'm your host, Taylor Lote, and today our guest is Ryan Barone. Ryan is the CEO and CTO of RentReady, a software and technology platform for landlords to run their properties much more efficiently than doing it the old hard way. If you are a real estate owner, you're a rental owner, and you're still running your properties through pen and paper, through Excel spreadsheets, through doing all of these things manually, it's time to upgrade your operations. And RentReady is one of those software packages out there that will help you automate your processes and really get some of your time back from your real estate investment business. If you're doing it the old manual way, you're spending so much time being inefficient and just really using your most scarce asset, which is time to no longer generate passive income, you really have bought yourself a job, right? So software like RentReady can help you turn your real estate into passive income. And that's what we're diving into today. We go through Ryan's experience starting the company when he was in college seven years ago, scaling it up, bringing on his first customers to the platform, what the platform does for landlords, what it can automate for you, big lessons that he's learned along the way, scaling his company. And then we also talk about his experience being a founder of a technology startup, what it was like bringing on his first investors. And you know what? His first investors were actually some of his customers because they love the platform so much. And then continuing to scale through venture capital and everything along those lines. So much great knowledge today. Again, if you're still running your properties through manual records and putting your time in, it's time to upgrade your processes. It's time to get some software like RentReady, and that's what we're diving into today. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor. I focus on multifamily and self-storage investing. If you'd like to learn more about potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form and schedule a call, and I will look forward to speaking with you soon. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Once again, our guest today is Ryan Barone from Rent Ready. Let's go. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm excited to learn more about your company, Rent Ready, what you do, what it was like starting the company, everything like that. But for our listeners out there who don't know about you and what you do, can you tell us about yourself a bit and then we'll dive into the company? Yeah, absolutely. So I am the co-founder, CEO, and CTO of Rent Ready. I actually got started, maybe not too different than a lot of your listeners. I know you talked a little bit about, you know, transitioning from Wall Street to Main Street. And I actually started out at actually in college. I was getting my first internship at Goldman Sachs and I was going to school in New York City at Pace University. I'm all excited to get my first apartment. And what sent me on the journey was actually going through that rental process, trying to rent an apartment. Um, I did not get the apartment. It's just the long story short of it. But in the process, learned that it was a lot harder to rent an apartment than I thought it was. And as I talked to more and more people, especially people I was working with that had been renters in New York City for decades, they said, you know, 
it's not, doesn't really get any easier. And so I actually developed personally our, our first versions of our app and our, our product for landlords and tenants. And the initial goal was just to make it easier for myself and friends to apply to units more easily. Along the way, learned that there was a huge market of independent landlords and investors that I just so happened to be interacting with from the tenant side of things and uh, really just fell in love with building a platform that eventually became the end-to-end process, not just applications, and really both for the landlord that was, you know, that independent investor trying to do it themselves and the tenant that I was at the time living through the process of it. Awesome. Very cool. So a great reason to uh, start your business and get into the industry. So don't want to put the cart before the horse too much. Tell us about the product, the business today, and and really what it's become over the last uh, seven years, I think you said. Yeah, absolutely. So today it's really an end-to-end platform for really independent investors. A lot of people that have a nine-to-five job and they happen to own some properties on the side and that's their way to put a kid through college or retire early or build some passive income so they can spend more time with family or go on vacations. And what Rent Ready allows them to do is streamline a lot of the process of rent collection and tenant screening and listing it out to different sites and handling all the maintenance and streamlining the accounting, basically everything that goes into how do I manage my property efficiently and make a good experience for the tenants so they want to keep renewing there at the same time. And so we've been really fortunate to really build the platform with landlords since day one in the very beginning. My co-founder, myself, every phone call, every chat went to our personal cell phones and that was how we built the platform. You know, pretty much everything that exists, every feature, everything we've added comes from a particular story of a landlord or a tenant along the way that was trying to solve a problem for themselves and that we were able to apply to help now hundreds of thousands of tenants and landlords across the U.S. and all 50 states to make it easier for them to manage those properties more efficiently and be able to scale up those operations or just reduce the amount of time that they spend managing those properties. Great. Well, both of those are great, whether you're scaling or just taking your time out of the equation, time being our most scarce asset, and we shouldn't be spending all of our time managing our properties. We need to aim to make some passive income. So in your process of you know develop, developing the company, coming up with all these features and benefits, I want to kind of go across the, the spectrum of features and benefits. What is one feature that you got the feedback from landlords specifically was the most valuable thing? What would you say is the number one? And then on the other end of the spectrum, what is a feature that you added that you thought, yeah, this is going to be great. And it turned out that turns out people aren't really quite as interested in this feature as we had originally thought. That's just kind of the nature of the beast. I'm sure it's there. But what are those two things? Yeah. So I would say for the, the side of things of streamlining a lot of operations, and, and this was not really the way we started, right? A lot of it came from that feedback as we started to release it to landlords. On the rent collection side, especially, I think that's a big part of how people are trying to streamline things, especially as you add properties. A lot of the time you're setting up a different LLC to separate liability for those. Depending on your state, you might also have to hold the funds in a separate account for security deposits or rent. So all of that is something that we automate for you. Basically, we're asking those questions as you're onboarding of, does this need to go to a different account because it's a different LLC? Does this need to go to a different account because it's security deposits? So we've really tried to build in the wisdom of the crowd, basically those smart defaults that we've had thousands and thousands of landlords that have gone through setting up this for themselves. Can we just build in those questions so that whether you're doing your first property or your hundredth property, it's easy to basically have the things you need set up and automatically 
depositing to the right account, applying late fees for those different things so that sure, there's certain things you might want to do manually or that you have to do manually, but there's a lot of things that you can eliminate those manual tasks for. And that's, I think, where the, the biggest value comes in for us is being able to just eliminate that for people and customize it to how they want to do it, but make it like, you know, if I worked for you and you're saying, hey, Ryan, this is the late fee I want to apply after this grace period up to this amount, then I could calculate that for you, except for I wouldn't make mistakes because I would be doing it <laughs> as a computer instead of human error. Yeah, absolutely. So great. That makes a ton of sense. But on the other side, there's probably a feature you added at one point that, you know, this is just the nature of business. We're going to try things out, see what was stick, see what doesn't. Is there something that didn't stick, didn't take, just people weren't interested in for one reason or another? Yeah. You know, I think in the, the very beginning, I thought that initially building something that did not change the landlord side would be most ideal, right? So the version one of Rent Ready was basically allowing tenants to enter all of their information, bundle that into a PDF and email it to landlords, because that's how I was being asked to provide that information with the independent landlords I just so happened to be interacting with. Feedback I got was, hey, we're getting it by email. We don't want it by email. So it was interesting to hear that and then explain that if I could have a system for managing what do I have for pending applications or what have I requested changes on or rejected or accepted along the way and storing all of that, it would be much better to do it that way than to do it the way of, you know, building this feature of a bundling a PDF and sending that PDF over email. But goes to show you, the, there's nothing that beats just talking with people, getting the feedback, and then iterating on that and, and really using that as your source of what you should build and what you shouldn't. Great, great. Okay. So are there any things that, any particular like growing pains that you see landlords going through as they come on the platform, if, especially if they get started with one door, but they want to scale to a hundred, you know, our businesses change and they grow as we get more onboarded and everything. Are there any like key steps that you see them taking in there that kind of evolves their usage of the platform in any way? Yeah, I do. I, I think that there are priorities and, and things that can change over time and staying organized on everything is really hard, especially as you start to scale. So one of the focuses that we've made, for example, is yes, you have this one central hub of keeping everything you need, but also at the same time, you may today decide I want to do the maintenance myself at one unit. And a year from now, whether you're at one unit or 10, you might say, for whatever reason, I don't want to do it myself. I'd like someone else to do it. And so that was actually one that we got, especially through a lot of landlords during, over that period of COVID that were starting to say, I was managing myself. I kind of don't want to do just the maintenance piece. I do want to kind of oversee everything else. And so what we built in was a partnership with a maintenance coordination service, Latchel. And basically they will find vendors or they have vendors in their network where when a tenant submits a maintenance request through our platform and they, they take a video with it, we'll route it out to them and they'll find a vendor, have them schedule the tenant, mark complete within the platform. And that way you're still managing everything else the way you want. In fact, you could turn it off at some point if you don't want it or turn it on whenever you want to try it. But it, it's flexible in that sense where if you're ever feeling you know overwhelmed by something or you want more control of something, you have that kind of flexibility to have it all organized in a central place and make those decisions based on what's right for you at that point. Great. Okay. So one of the things that I love in my business systems, no matter what kind of package I'm, I'm selecting, is when it has pretty flexible, both automation, but also integration capabilities with other software packages, because there's just always other things out there. You're not going to get a one-stop shop. 
you just need things to communicate with one another. How have you incorporated integrations with your platform and what are some key like what are some things that people might not think about that they would need a rent ready to integrate with? Yeah, it's a really good question. It's funny. It actually goes back to the beginning of when we started. And I was talking to a lot of independent investors trying to understand why are you using spreadsheets? And some of it was, you know, it's just not built for us. It's built for massive organizations with tens of thousands of units, not one or two. Part of it also was, I feel like I get taxed for my growth. It's something we kept hearing, taxed for my growth, taxed for my yes. growth. We were wondering, what, do you, what, is, what are we really getting at here? And it was that the enterprise model that was built for like tens of thousands of unit operations was a pay per unit. As you add more units onto the platform, you also pay more for that. And so the approach we actually took, which ties into your question, was is there a way we could not charge a landlord more as they add more units on the platform? And the way that we've done that is through those partnerships. So what we did is we turned around to companies like TransUnion, for example, and said, don't treat us as Taylor with 50 units and Ryan with two units and his friends with three and seven or whatever it might be. Treat us as one portfolio of more than $14 billion in assets under management today and discount us in the process in that. And so what we're able to do is basically get things like TransUnion tenant screens for cheaper and pay, have tenants pay less than they pay even if they went directly to TransUnion and we still make money on the spread there. And so as you add more units, naturally a tenant will run a tenant screening as a result of that. They're happy they're saving money and they're paying less than they would be paying if they were to do it directly with TransUnion. We're still able to make money on the spread and basically the landlord doesn't have to pay more. And basically repeated that process, whether it was for tenant screening or payment processing, listing syndication to places like Zillow, the maintenance coordination that we talked about. Uh, we even do some with a, an accounting partnership to streamline the accounting side of things because we're naturally collecting so much and tracking so much of your rental collection data that we can push it into there and that can suck in your expenses and make the schedule and other accounting things that you need to do at the end of the year naturally much easier. So it's really actually been a huge part of how we tried to structure it. I think there's a lot of fun things going on in the real estate space that, like you said, there's not enough time to do it all yourself. Um, so as much as possible, we like to make those kind of partnerships and, and try to link them in a nice way that it's easier for tenants or landlords to adopt the, that particular thing. Yeah, cool. Makes sense. I'm I'm glad you highlighted kind of lumping the whole portfolio together with a company like TransUnion so that you get the yeah. best economies of scale and everything with them. So on the rental syndication, this and for the listeners out there, in this case, we're using the term syndication in terms of putting your vacant unit listing on apartments.com and Zillow and you know wherever else. What was it like building that system on the back end and getting that all set up? Because these are huge companies. You're trying to interface with like their APIs and everything. And I'm rapidly going to get out of my technological depth here. But in your experience, building that syndication platform, just tell us more about that. Yeah. So really, it's, it's different for different companies. They require that basically different formats than even with each other. But we, to basically that point, we figured out what information are you going to need to enter on those platforms? What do you already have on ours? Because a lot of it you've already inputted just things like where the uh, address is or the units in that, or maybe how many bedrooms and bathrooms and those type of things you're going to keep track of even if you aren't listing it out. But when it does eventually become vacant, we can make it that there's only additive things for you to basically syndicate it or send it out to all of these different platforms. And so the way that we built it was essentially allowing 
uh, landlords to enter that information once on our site. They can list it out to those different places. And in a lot of them, like realtor.com, or even we give them our own rent ready one, which some people will put on their own website if they have their own website, or even into like Facebook marketplace listings or Craigslist listings to make it easier to apply to units, but also to some of like the paid ones. So for example, Zillow was a, a different one because we partnered with them pretty early on back when they were free to list on Zillow. And then when they started <laughs> charging on Zillow, then we got to figure out, okay, let's go back and talk with our landlords. Is this something you want to keep doing? Is it not something you want to keep doing? We basically got the feedback. They still wanted to do it, but again, had the question of, hey, can you give me some sort of benefit of the economies of scale? And so the way that we set that up was to give more flexibility in terms of what you pay to Zillow to list it. So typically, if you're going straight there, you're paying per week even though unit is on average, probably on the, the market for about 16 days, we let people do it by day. So if you rent it on that 16th day, pull it down, save yourself a little money in the process of that. And so that, that was one way that we were able to just add another benefit to people beyond having to go set up set, six or seven different accounts on different sites to also just take advantage of that on the, the monetary side of things too. Cool. Are you finding that your, your I'm curious about the breakdown of your like client profile. And if you look at the the pie chart, I have to imagine that a slice of them came from some other type of management software package. And we don't need to put anybody on blast here, but a competitor. And then another slice of the pie is they're they're coming from, you know, Excel files and, you know, paper records and rent checks and all that kind of a thing. What does that breakdown look like? Are more of your clients coming from no automation, no software, or are they coming from other software platforms? So by far, not even close coming from pen and paper and spreadsheets still mm -hmm. to this day. It is a shockingly under-adopted, and, and there's a lot of people that have come to us over the years, and we're actually becoming one of the larger in the, the segment, this independent landlord segment, and even still, it's like a fraction of a percent of the 20 million landlords across the U.S., so by and large, it is almost always people coming from pen and paper at spreadsheets in some sort of form trying to say, I'm trying to make the rent collection easier. I'm trying to make getting a tenant into this unit, whether it's the listing or the screening easier or trying to simplify the maintenance aspects of this or not pull my hair out maybe a month ago when I was doing my taxes at the end of the year. So really a lot of the time it is, it's coming from that manual approach of things more often than not. Okay, cool. So in your process of building your company, I hear that you raised investor capital, which is common in the real estate space. We work with investors and, and partner with others, but you're in the tech space really when you're raising capital and you're a pretty young guy. What was that experience like bringing in your first investors into your company and pitching that and, and growing and maybe getting over any limiting beliefs if you had them? Like, Tell us about bringing in investors into your company. Yeah. So interestingly enough, when you say real estate investors and startups, our first investors were actually real estate investors. Oh. So to that, the earlier point about us, you know, talking with a lot of landlords in the beginning, a big part of it was actually going to these meetups in person and talking with landlords. And so I was attending a bunch of these, honestly, just to learn from them, like what the pain points were, what we could do that would make things easier. And eventually I had some people ask me, are you raising some money? To which I said, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and they became our first investors, which were actually landlords that were using the platform. They were real estate investors, not investors in startups. And they became what I 
a lot of uh, startups will call their friends and family around, which is typically reaching out to literally friends and family. In our case, it was more like real estate investors that were using the platform. But what was amazing about that was the feedback we got from that process as well. How much you know excitement and validation it adds around something you're trying so hard to build and hope that someone derives value out of it. I think it's one thing to say, I want to use it. I think it's another thing to say, I want to use it and I want to invest in it. So that was really exciting. That was our first round. And I think that did definitely, you know, encourage the future rounds of it when we eventually did raise institutional funds from venture capital firms to know that you actually had investors not only excited about the platform, but really a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine going to your second round of funding and saying, hey, our first round was just our customers that wanted to give us more money. Well, that's a pretty good sign. So in that second round, approaching your first venture capital investors. What was the process like in terms of like getting prepared to, you know, speak with them? Now, granted, you were, you you went down this route from an internship at Goldman Sachs. So you Mm -hmm. had, you know, some previous exposure to this type of a world, although Goldman Sachs is not VC, but whatever. What was it like getting prepared for that situation of raising VC money? It was definitely brand new. I'll, I'll be honest. That first round, I had never raised venture capital money. I never knew anybody that ever had raised it. And so the process really was bootstrapped the first two and a half years. I I left and started working on Rent Ready full-time towards the end of 2016. And it was about two and a half years of just head down, programming, talking with landlords, building the platform, making iterations to improve it. I got that first investment round with uh, landlords on our platform around 2018. And then in 2019, we actually, the big catalyst for it was we went to a a conference in New York called Tech Day New York, did a pitch on a stage there just talking about Rent Ready and met someone that was actually a part of a fund that's much, much later stage funding, C&D stage, stage funding rather than we were doing our really first institutional seed round, but said, I love the idea and I could introduce you to somebody that does invest at that stage. And that actually became TIA Ventures, who was our first you know, lead investor for that institutional round. And the really exciting thing about them that I liked was that their partners have done thousands of focus groups. That's their background is the customer folks. And that's pretty much all they invest in is customer or or companies that really have a customer centric approach. And so they interviewed a lot of our landlords as part of that diligence process. And so um, it was a chance again, not only just to meet, you know, people that might invest in the platform, people that didn't just were using it and just say, what do you think about it to this third party? And that was actually a huge part of, you know, doing that very first institutional round. Cool. What would you say is your core competency personally, not the company, but you, Ryan, that enables you to be successful and continue to grow? Because I can imagine, or I would expect that your role, your job has changed significantly in terms of day-to-day, week-to-week activities. So what's your core competency that's enabled you to succeed? Yeah. I I mean, I think what it comes down to is honestly just passion and absolute love for what we're doing. I think whether it's the early days where it was programming nonstop and sleeping maybe three hours a night in the process to these days where, uh, I mean, almost never overseeing some of the engineering team and other parts of the company, but really not being in the weeds of doing that today. We're about a 40 person team at this point. So very different than being just myself and a co-founder. But I think the the big thing that it comes down to is a big process that he and I both believe in is uh, one that comes from a book called The Lean Startup, which talks about you listen 
you build, measure, learn, and repeat that. And I think ultimately, whether you're the one in the weeds doing it or you're managing people that are doing it or managing people that are managing people as big as it possibly gets, I think that it goes back to that core competency of can you still hear customers? Can you listen to them? Can you learn from that? Can you build something? And then iterate on that, right? Learn from what you built and the feedback you get from that and just keep going. Nice. So before we move on to the three questions I ask every guest on the show, you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to, but what does an exit look like for you? Because that's what VCs want, right? Is they want to get out at some point. So what does the exit look like for you? You know, I actually, for me, it's really not one-sided in terms of it has to be a specific number at a specific time. I've set out since the beginning of saying the most important thing to me is that I can, you know, you're a kid, you go to someone's house, your parents are like, leave it better than you found it. That is my goal. I want to leave when, whenever we are done with what we're doing, whatever point that might be, um, I want to be able to look back and say, we made managing a property in the real estate industry and a tenant living in that property in the real estate industry, almost unrecognizable from where we left it and when we started. Cool. Okay. So remaining flexible. I like it. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Are you looking for a way to easily track your rental property finances? Check out Stessa. Stessa makes managing real estate investments simple. You can easily keep track of the performance, finances, and the paper trail of your rental properties. Our listeners can get started for free and then upgrade at any time to unlock their more advanced tools. And the even better news is that the upgrade is very affordable and will not break your bank. Smart investors know that tracking the numbers, tracking the money, tracking the finances is what really drives your success. Check out Stessa. It'll make your property finances easier. Just go to escapingwallstreet.com, scroll down to the Stessa logo, and get started for free. Now back to the show. All right, Ryan, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Yes. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Yeah, I would say really taking the time to, I mean, really learn programming. I learned a little bit of it in, in college, but outside of it, spent a ton of time on my own, just self-learning and building the platform. I think to this day, understanding all of that's been important and taking the time to meet with customers in the early days and still to this day. I just think both my partner and myself have done tens of thousands of chats, phone calls, demos. All of that culminates to just having a better understanding of what you're doing, what you're not doing intentionally. You know, I think one of our investors talked about it in terms of like building everything people need and nothing they don't. And I do think it is hard sometimes to not build the things people don't want or the things they don't or they aren't asking for. And, and all of it goes back to, were you really listening to? Is it derived from somebody in the first place? And so I think investing that time into the skill, the technical side of it that played such a big part, and then more of the qualitative side of things in terms of talking to customers. Cool. Cool. I like that. So we had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Yeah, I would say probably my worst investment was, it was going a while back, probably to Brexit, but I, I had only started investing, you know, a little bit before that. That was my, probably one of my first times saying, oh, there's a you know big change going on in the world that might impact the value of this. And so, you know, took some money out and then didn't invest it for a long time. My two lessons coming out of that was to stay level-headed, both in the good and the bad times, you know, don't get 
uh, too driven in either direction by the hype of something. And then the other side of it is starting is more important than timing. There's a really great article out there that talks about Bob, the world's worst market timer. And it actually plays out this hypothetical of this guy, Bob, that invests from like 1970 up through the early 2000s. And he constantly invests at the peak right before market crashes. <laughs> and it shows what happened to Bob. The only thing Bob does that is good is he saves incrementally over time. He continually invests and he doesn't pull it out. And I think the lesson that it teaches in that, it's very similar to that, which is that although whether it's related to stock markets or it's related to investing in real estate, quite often the timing seems like the most important thing in reality. If it's something you're planning to hold as a long-term asset, it's, it's certainly somewhat important, but it's not as important as even myself put it at that point. Got a little panic there from Brexit, but learned a big lesson. And that brings me Definitely. to my favorite question here at the end of the show is, what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Yeah, I. it's so funny, and I swear that I had this answer before we got on it, but you actually started to say this towards the beginning of this. And I, I almost lost it. When you said time, you talked about time and scarcity. I really do believe that time is your most scarce resource. I think that is the most important lesson around things. Just having the mentality of working fast and passionately and hard, learning from everything you can, and then constantly iterating on that from what you're learning is by far the most important thing that I've learned along the way. Just think nothing beats just ha having that knowledge, having that that idea that time is scarce, that I only have so much of it, we only have so much of it, and what we make of it is, is truly the differentiator more often than not. I love that so much. So one, one follow-up question before we uh, sign off here. So you and your partner, who was your first hire? Who was the first person you hired in the company? So our first hire was someone named Adana. She's still a UX UI designer on our team today. She was actually our first intern ever as well, and she joined the team interning actually as a full stack engineer. And then she also designs because that's an unusual combo. I'll just put it with that. It's an impressive combo, but she's a designer on our team today as well. Very cool. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing all this knowledge. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch, if they want to learn more about the software, about Rent Ready, if they want to track you down, if they want to find it, whatever, where can they find you? Where can they find the company? Yeah, rentready.com. R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I, because we're a startup and startups have to spell their name wrong. It's just kind of a stamp of approval. So yeah, renready.com is the place to find us. Still have the live chats today, phone till today. We love talking with people. So, you know, drop by and say hello. Awesome. Well, thank you so much once again for joining us today to everybody out there. Thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, you guys. I appreciate that so, so much. I really do mean that helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.